Coming to you from the kingdom of Marion, this is the Ernest Mann Show, and I'm your host, Ernest Mann. Wherever you may be listening in this world. Episode 40, Roe v. Wade being overturned by this in no way is surprising. You know, folks, I have to admit that I am in a uh, very dark place. I am not my usual chipper self when I heard the news of the potential for the uh, overturning of Roe versus Wade. And so I decided to um, put this show out out there. And of course, that's what we're going to be talking about is the implications of this happening. Before we get to that, I thought for illustrative purposes, if I would uh, talk a bit about things which seem perhaps completely unrelated, but if you just be patient, you'll see how this ties together because what is taking place as another potential landmark decision in America is so uh, utterly unprecedented that I'm, I am beyond stupefied, as I'm sure many women across America are. I felt like we were supposed to be here in the 21st century and within just 24 hours of hearing this potential uh, reversal I feel as though we have suddenly jumped back to the 20th century so um, allow me to um, try to illustrate a couple of things maybe mix in a little brief bit of history before I do a full salt on this utterly stupendously idiotic idea that's uh, being proposed of um, overturning Roe versus Wade. And you'll find that, um, just as an aside, uh, please don't make the assumption that I am a left-winger. I am not. I have made that clear on many occasions. I have also made clear that I am not a right-winger. I, <clears throat> I believe in dining at the Rational Smorgasbord, the all-you-can-eat self-service bar of reality. And uh, you take what you want, you leave the rest. And I like to leave the rest of everything that I consider to be stupid behind. But once again, um, we are being confronted with um, 
Yeah, essentially going backward in time. And so without further ado on that, um, I guess we'll get right into it. Let's say you go to a movie and it could be a, a drama. In this case, it's a drama about, oh, let's say space aliens come and invade the planet and the situation looks very dire because of course they're much more technologically advanced than we are and so um, the situation looks very dire because the uh, the world's military is clearly outmatched and um, things are looking pretty bleak for the sake of humanity. And of course, um, a way is found, something happens to turn the tide. There was uh, a perfect example of this in the both the original movie and then the uh, remake of War of the Worlds is a perfect example. And that um, it's absolutely, I mean, for most in modern times, you know, you go to see a movie and you, uh, chances are you already know the premise of the movie. But uh, if you allow the escapism to take hold, you you sit there and maybe you tense up and tighten up because it is, after all, a drama. In this case, it's a, I guess, a uh, sci-fi drama. And that's part of the escapism. That's part of the experience is that you allow yourself these feelings. But somewhere in your mind you know that it is just a movie. And, uh, of course, in the case of, say, that particular movie and its premise was uh, they uh, caught a virus or something and they, they just started dying. They just died out. And that's basically how the movie ended. It wasn't that, um, as other movies with a similar preface have done, it wasn't like uh, we, at the very last moment, we, the world, we invented some kind of super weapon and were able to defeat them that way. No, they just caught a bug here on Earth and it was lethal and... That was it. But the point about this drama is that um, you leave and you were entertained 
the world's safe, you get to go back to your life. It's entertainment. Now, conversely, one thing I think most of us know is um, actually one of the most terrifying things in reality, and it's something which actually does exist, and yes, is very prevalent, is stupidity. And um, if we uh, take the lighthearted approach, um, we, we look at it in a very, we witness it, we experience it, for the most part, from a safe distance and a safe arena. So as, exa as an example, <clears throat> if I use the uh, movie theater uh, scenario again, there was a movie out several years ago called Dumb and Dumber. I think they, yeah, they even made a sequel to it. And, uh, yeah, the premise is this, uh, these guys who are incredibly dumb. And um, all the hijinks that result as a consequence of that. And that allows us to just armchair sit back and laugh. And it's just, it blows us away. Some of us... I guess the overall effect is maybe it actually makes us feel a little bit more secure or superior. I guess there's a tendency to do that for many people um, because um, that's what humans do. You know, we, we enjoy, we seem to enjoy uh, relishing others' stupidity and we just... <laughs> We just have a good laugh, and and that's it. Once again, at the end of the day, no real harm done. We finish watching the movie. We have a good laugh. Maybe we have a bite to eat after the movie's over and talk about, oh, gee, wasn't it stupid when he did this or he did that? And we talk about it for a while and maybe a few months later it's for the most part forgotten but it served its purpose at the time and um yeah we we just got to witness uh, some some stupidity um from a safe distance and um no harm done so to speak the problem comes when in either one of these cases, if we're talking a very important drama that proposes what would be in real life a horrible, terrifying situation of actual beings from outer space potentially subjugating all of humanity and the earth, or the 
the shenanigans of a couple of low IQ individuals. And I mean, but again, it's, it's all fantasy. The problem comes, of course, when it's not fantasy. I don't think there are too many people out there, for instance, who would just think about a war concerning, you know, thermonuclear annihilation to be hilarious. Especially if it was the real deal. People tend to have a very different opinion of things in general, especially potentially very serious things, when they're not the ones that are going to be affected by it. Now, I'm telling you all this because that's what I'm viewing in a certain situation which is taking place. And uh, it's extremely depressing because it's just like watching something straight out of Dumb and Dumber. And this is where you have, in this case, a couple of people who are, well, dumb. But the point is, is they can take a given situation and that is supposed to be, again, the hook of the movie, that you have something which is so simple and so straightforward to fix or get around or rectify. Yet they will sit there and stupidly argue over this endlessly. And the thing is, the thing about stupid is that you can't have anything resolved. Now with what I'd say normal functional people in a normal functional society, they look at something and there's uh, at least a tacit agreement on some level that this is stupid and they say no this is this is really stupid we don't want that and the argument settled and they move on and it's buried it's settled it's done but many times especially in America or any other semi-functional society it's uh, the problem is it's not done that is what is so dangerous and that is that is what boggles the mind and just saps all the energy from a person it's one thing to have a stupid argument if it's but then if it's something that becomes a national movement it's stupid but even after supposedly the argument is settled, when you keep 
delving back into it endlessly over and over again. <clears throat> I don't know about you, but from my point of view, it's like watching the guys in Dumb and Dumber argue over what's the best way to open a can of corn for 10 hours. It's not funny. It's sad. And this is especially more relevant when we're talking about things that not only affect a given society, but also can affect the world. And apparently, that's what many people somehow don't seem to understand. So, I'm very frustrated because, once again, I'm talking about an issue which is inside of a nation, and it's like watching a very slow-motion train wreck. And... On an individual basis, there's nothing you can do about it. We collectively, I know this, we collectively have been there and done that. And yet, they keep bringing this thing up endlessly. And that's the part that I'm talking about that's so incredibly stupid. Now let me branch into a little, a little, uh, something a bit more, let's say clear. I don't know. Um, in the, uh, country of Germany, they are and consider themselves to be a democracy, um, a very progressive, open society. And of course, much of this stems from the policies and changes that were made as a consequence of the uh, Nazi regime of the Second World War. But despite all of their freedoms, and they have a lot, they're quite, um, you know, quite liberal. But the one thing they don't tolerate, now, this is going by my latest knowledge of this, but to my understanding, there is one thing they do not tolerate, and that is any kind of promotional activity of Nazism. That is where Germany drew its proverbial line in the sand as far as quote-unquote freedom was concerned. 
because <clears throat> not only do the fact of everything that the world suffered under the jackboots of the Nazis of that time period, but they also understood that it was the very democratic process itself that allowed it to happen in the first place. Many people don't know that Hitler was actually elected. The whole process, which may have started small and then gained momentum for various reasons, and then it was the industrialist, the oligarchs of Germany, who uh, were kicking in lots and lots of money into the coffers of the Nazi party because their idea was, well, yeah, he's basically crazy, but just like every other politician, you know, we're going to get him in there, but then we're going to control him once we do. Well, guess what? That didn't exactly turn out, did it? Because movements like that, things like that, you know, you're playing with fire. I mean, you're playing with fire. It's a big deal. And the stakes are so high. It was, um, I believe, on the release of the first printing of um, Adolf's book, Mein Kampf, and all the reviewers, just so many people in Germany were laughing. Well, guess what? Six or seven years later, they weren't laughing. Matter of fact, many of the ones who had been laughing were shot. So what you learn from this is to be real careful. And uh, what we had here was a demagogue who had lots of money behind them to... Um, Put them in the power. Then, of course, when you have basically what becomes 24-7 propaganda, you know, you had all of these elements to convert a nation overall, because every German wasn't a Nazi, that's true. But overall... Most of them psychologically fell for it and became brainwashed of the whole ideology. And the thing is, is that, you know, 10, 20 years before that, I mean, German science and technology, culture, to say any the least of their culture, this is... This is a country that 
produced Bach. This is a country that produced Mozart. This is a country at that time that were the chemical engineering leaders of the world. And this question has been asked many, many times. How do you take an entire nation of people that overall were viewed as intelligent, reasonable, rational, cultured, and take that raw material and turn it into what it became as the Nazi war machine? Well, it wasn't that long ago. One or two generations. It was, you know, what, 70 years ago. It wasn't that long ago. What is and should be learned from this is how the possible comes from the unthinkable. When you put the mechanisms and you put the people one at a time and you put them into place and you put them into positions of power, the social policies begin to change very quickly because that is what they do. The Nazis had a plan, but they didn't put all their cards on the table at once because, well, that would be foolish. The Nazis and Hitler, they used the democratic process to get into power. And then, once Adolf became chancellor, and then when Hindenburg died, he instantaneously turned around and he coupled the, um, the powers of chancellor and leader, or president, or fewer, all as one. So, net effect, he became the Fuhrer. And in German, there is no plural for Fuhrer. So, I'm saying all of this because this is the kind of thing that I have been watching and slowly um, having to um, psychologically deal with, let's say, for several years, many years. And um, overall, until, let's say, especially, I would say, the last 70 years, definitely the last 50, we um, 
we were a very, very democratic-leaning republic. But over the years, chipped away slowly but inexorably, that has been eroded. And it is sad and very depressing. And when we look around and say, well, why? Well, that's where, and that was the reason I told you about it, this is where Dumb and Dumber comes in. Because when you are not understanding what's at stake and you are so occupied in your own life that you are not paying attention to your government and the people in power or the people trying to get into power or control, this is what happens. This is the reason why, for instance, <clears throat> anyone, as far as I'm concerned, if they are apolitical and they just they say, ah, that, I don't pay attention to politics. I, yeah, okay. Perfect example, dumb and dumber. That is the greatest ostrich style sticking your head in the ground you could possibly do. Because you, what you're saying is you as an individual and possibly your own immediate family, at least, you want to enjoy the fruits of this orchard of democratic society, but you don't want to do anything to protect it. Because you have to protect it constantly. It's just like your garden. If you want a really nice, beautiful garden, well, you have to weed it. Same thing. Now, people come in, friends, family, whomever, if you are fortunate enough to have a garden or a beautiful garden, and they look at the finished product and they say, oh my God, what, what a beautiful garden. Well, yeah, that's the product of a lot of care and a lot of work. And... That's why when I, for instance, go to uh, those few occasions when I do go to people's homes or what have you, and they have a beautiful garden, I don't just simply say, oh, what a beautiful garden. I'll say, hey, this is a beautiful garden. That must be a hell of a lot of work. Because people want to be recognized for their work. Not just the fruit of their work, but their work. And it's a lot of work. And the same thing applies if you want to have or maintain a functional democracy. You can't just um, ignore it, put it on autopilot and say, yeah, yeah, that's great, whatever. Hey, I'm going to the party or hey, I'm, I'm doing this or hey, I'm doing that. Because if you do that, bad things happen.
And I've said all of this for the reason that I wanted to lay down a solid foundation for something that is horrible to contemplate, but is upon us right now. I get the uh, clickbait news, and I read this from a CBS source, and apparently it was leaked that um, supposedly there's a, a, a good chance of um, Roe v. Wade being overturned. Now think about that for a moment. Something that was changed. Something that's been around, you know, 50 years plus. Now I want you to think about that in terms of, again, dumb and dumber. Because if it does happen, there are going to be very horrendous consequences on many different fronts. And here's the thing. First of all, if it does in fact happen, I would not be the least bit surprised. Not at all. Because, as far as I'm concerned with all the available evidence, this country um, we um, went directionally into the, uh, the realm of being an oligarchy at least 30 years ago. And this is what an oligarchy wants. So, the stupid part of this is that the, uh, the protesters, they're practically, I don't necessarily mean this literally, but I'm just saying psychologically and otherwise, they're already making their banners and their protest signs. And here come, they're going to hook up, and here come the marches with the social justice warriors. And of course, it will be overwhelmingly women, which kind of makes sense. Don't have a problem with that. What I have a problem with is all of the time that they have to take from their lives over, over something that is so utterly fucking stupid yet again and it takes your time when you keep debating the same stupid thing and the stupid ideology it comes from and you do that over and over and over and over again 
Well, to bring the point back about Germany, they cut that shit off because at least they made anything involving the uh, propagation of Nazism as banned, as illegal. End of story. Not up for debate. Not going there. No, you're not free to form the Nazi party and start wearing jackboots and doing a fascist salute down the street. No, you're not doing it, and your ass will go to jail if you try. <clears throat> but here we are again. But there's a difference this time, because we have a majority. You ready for this? The majority on the Supreme Court, this is something that I've talked about many times. These oligarchs that get in there for life and they're not going away. And the majority of them happen to be conservative. Gee, where do you think this is going to go? And even if this thing which rears its ugly head yet again, even if it doesn't pass, the thing is, it's getting closer and closer and closer. It's like a horrible, horrible monster that you can't stop, that you can't do anything about. And even though it's, it's not quite at the gates yet, but it is moving along. It is creeping along. Because that's what they want. So this is not a surprise. Again, dumb and dumber. So if we back this up a little bit, what's the problem? Where's the dumb and dumber? The dumb and dumber part of this equation is that we put them into power that's right we i'm not necessarily talking about you as the individual i know i sure as hell didn't put them into power but I'm saying we collectively, we, one way or the other, will share this burden of this nightmare as a greater and greater awareness slowly but inexorably comes around and shows itself that we are not a democracy. Stop thinking like children because that's not what reality demonstrates. You live in an oligarchy controlled by the oligarchs who want the things which include public policy that oligarchs want. That's it. It's not that complex.
so I hope it doesn't overturn, but I wouldn't be surprised if it does, and neither should you. And here's another thing. This time around, in case all of you people out there, and I'm talking about you lefties, who apparently don't get it. Again, your thousands or perhaps tens of thousands or perhaps even more of people who are so emotional and so impassioned with your fucking signs. They don't care. They don't care. They don't care about you. They don't care about your stupid fucking signs. They don't care about your rights. They don't care about you. They care about them and their agenda. Now, I'll let you figure the rest out for yourselves. I have complete confidence that you can do this. But I get so frustrated when I hear what I call all the whiners who whine and tremble. They tremble and say, you're going to take our rights away from us. Me, 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 me. Yeah, that's their job. That's what they do. That's analogous to blaming a fox for breaking into your hen house and taking and killing your chickens. Or trying to have a, if you could have a conversation with the fox. Why are you doing this? You're taking our chickens. You're, you're killing them. And can, can anybody hear how, how idiotic this is? That's what a fox does. So there's, there's no surprise here. Just like everything else that is becoming more and more tyrannical with each passing day, week, month, year. No surprises. It's all part of the program. <clears throat> this is a situation where one complains after painting themselves in a proverbial corner. It's not going to be pleasant to get out of, but it's one of those deals that could have been avoided and never should have happened in the first place. We should not be having this idiotic, quote-unquote, debate of Roe v. Wade. Period. That is the problem. 
That is the problem. Again, I'm going to bring this up. Germany doesn't have a problem with discussing and debating Nazism because they don't allow it at all. Period. End of story. Nine. So, where we go from here, who knows? That part, I really don't know. It's one of those deals like, oh God, look at this. But I can tell you this much. As just one little, teeny, tiny, lowly voice in the mist. This time around, you can carry all the signs you want. You can give the most intelligent, rational, and impassioned speeches that you want. But if it gets overturned at the end of the day, that's not going to matter one damn bit. Because they, the oligarchs, don't give a damn. Hello again, and thanks for listening. By all means, please do leave a comment, because not only do I want to know what you thought about this episode, but so does the rest of the world. And here, your opinion really matters. Until next time, I am Ernest Mann, and I am out of here.